seated. Looking at your introduction there, in verses 20 through 25, you have a blank line there, verses 20 through 25, we have finally and fully come out of the dark tunnel of apostasy. And uh, you remember, if you have been in, in any of these Wednesday nights, verses 4 through 19 of Jude is all about one subject, and that is apostasy. It starts off, if you want to look back there at verse 4, it starts off, remember verse 3, he says, he tells us, you, really you have the purpose of Jude in verse 3 and verse 4. One purpose is positive, and one purpose is negative. He says this uh, in verse 3, he said, I want you to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. He said that, that's the positive command. Hey, we're to contend for the faith. By the way, you can contend for the faith without being contentious. There's a difference. You can contend. You can Listen to me. You can have a strong stand and still keep a sweet spirit. Now, it's not easy. It's difficult. The old flesh uh, rears up, amen? But the positive command is earnestly contend for the faith. The negative command is in verse 4 and really carries on through verse 19. Why? Why are we to earnestly contend for the faith in these last days? Because there are certain men crept in unawares, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. You know, here, here's, here's a wonderful truth, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that there is, outside of unbelief, which is the mother of all sins, really, but outside of unbelief, there is no sin that grace cannot forgive. Brother, Brother Hauser, no sin so deep that grace can't go deeper and scoop you up. Glory to God. But... Here's what the apostate does with that. If you read uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Then in chapter 6 of Romans, verse 1, it'll tell, it tells us this, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid is what Paul says. The apostate doesn't say God forbid, he says go ahead. That's exactly what an apostate does. They turn the grace of God into lasciviousness, which is a big word. It means a license to sin. And if you look around at people, forgive me, wearing religious cloth, there are plenty of them that are saying, just go ahead. Just do, do whatever you want. There, there's really no sin. It's, it's, you know, that's kind of an outdated concept. Listen, Forgive me, but after all these lessons in Jude, when you hear something like that, your apostate radar should go, whoop, amen? Because we have learned over and over and over in this book how to spot an apostate. And there's just so many characteristics. I go on and on there. But we finally come out of the dark tunnel of apostasy. We have been duly warned, blank line there, we have been duly warned and also have been more than adequately equipped to identify those certain ungodly men which creep into the church deceitfully. May God help the church of the living God to be ever vigilant 
against the wickedness of apostasy till he come. You know what? I've, I've said this countless times. We try to keep these facilities up. We try to take care of them. We, we, we really do. We try to, you know, pews reupholstered and parking lots and all that stuff, roofs, the, these things. They need to be done. That's part of being a good steward of God's facilities and God's monies. But you know what the truth is, Uncle Joe? One minute after the raptures, the apostates are going to inhabit this place. And you know what? They can have it because we'll be gone till he come. Till he come, forgive me, we're, we're still supposed to keep our spiritual fists up and ready to go. Amen? Spiritual, not physical, as much as I would like to sometimes. Amen? We're, we're to contend for the faith. Why? Because there's all, listen to me, there's always ungodly men trying to creep into a good church and destroy it. That's always what they do. They destroy it. So he He's warned us against the wickedness of apostasy. The Holy Spirit calls believers to several actions. We're really only looking at one tonight. But this is the, the lesson on the admonitions to the believer. The three different lessons will be one each point. The first thing he tells us there in verse 20, if you look at it again with me, look at verse number 20. He says that, but ye, beloved, love that word. Just, just It's a term of affection for believers First thing he tells us is that we are to be building up yourselves on your most holy faith. So, blank line there, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Now again, Jude in verses 3 and 20 teaches us to be balanced, okay? So again, we talked about verse 3. We're to be contending. If we could say it this way, we're to be battling, right? Listen, uh, the old song Lester Roloff used to sing, it's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. A fight and not a game. Run if you want to, run if you will, but I came here to stay. He used to sing that all the time. It's a battlefield. This is not, this is, forgive me, this is not recess. We're in a spiritual battle. And so, we're to be battling, okay? But God, Jude calls us to balance here. He not only says we're to be battling, but according to verse 20, he says we're to be what? Building. Building. Let's, let's go to the Old Testament. Hold your spot there in Jude, and uh, we'll come back there. But let's go to the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. Go past Psalms, Job. Esther, and there's Nehemiah. Go to chapter number 4. And you remember the, the story here in Nehemiah as they're, they're building the wall and the enemies of God are doing all they can to hinder the work. And uh, that's what the enemies of God do. They hinder the work. If they can destroy the work, they will. If they can't, they'll just hinder it. I always think the enemies of God are like mosquitoes. You know, they just bug you. Just you get to that point, and you're just like, oh, that's what the enemies of God are like. They're like spiritual mosquitoes, really. And uh, it, verse uh, 17 and 18, look at it there. Here's, here's an Old Testament example of what I believe Jude is teaching here in the New Testament. In verses 17 and 18, chapter 4, he says, They which builded the wall, so remember they were building the walls that had broke, been broken down, 
And they that bear burdens with those that laded, every one with one of his hands, wrought in the work, and the other held a what? So, with one hand, they were troweling mortar and building the wall. And with the other hand, Uncle Joe, they had the sword. So there was a time where they could maybe had to put the trowel down and, and fight. But they had that sword ready. You know the idea here, verse 18, if you look at it, for the builders, everyone had a sword girded by his side, and so what? Builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. So what do we see here? We see them building and battling. Building and battling. And now if that was you or me, you say, listen, I want to just get this wall done and then we'll battle after that. Well, that's not the way life works, ladies and gentlemen. You know what God expects you to be doing while you're battling Satan, while you're battling the enemy, while you're battling the enemies of God? He expects you to be building your faith. That's what Jude says. There's balance here. So back to the book of Jude. Jude teaches in verses 3 and 20 that we are to be balanced in both battling but also building. Okay? The foundation of our faith, ladies and gentlemen, is Jesus Christ and all God's people said. That is the very foundation of our faith. You have a blank line there, write down 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and we'll go there. We'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 is, is the, the blank line. So again, let me, let me just go uh, the blank lines here. Roman numeral number 1, we have building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Jude teaches us in verses 3 through 20 that we are to be balanced, both battling and also, blank line, building. And a cross-reference here, Nehemiah 4, 17 18. The foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ, blank line, 1 Corinthians 3, 11. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 3, 11. We're going to look at uh, this passage again uh, in just a little bit, so uh, we'll probably just stay here for a little while. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, and this confirms the statement we just made. Again, uh, just because I say the foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ doesn't mean you should say Amen. Now, it, it is, and we should, but it's because the Bible says so, not because Pastor Rich says so, okay? Verse 11, chapter 3, uh, says, For other foundation can no man lay than that that is laid, which is what? Jesus Christ, okay? He is, he is the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12 and verse 2 says. He's the chief cornerstone of our faith. Uh, Ephesians 2.20 uh, says. So, the foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ, and it is blank line laid, L-A-I-D, it is laid, the, the foundation is laid, when we believe slash trust Christ, blank line there, Christ, as Savior and become believers. So, that moment for you, whenever it was for you, for some of you it was when you were five years old in a Sunday school class or 11 years old next to your bed with your mom uh, or you were in a church service or at a camp or whatever, but that moment that you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you became a believer and the foundation of Jesus Christ was laid in your spiritual life. 
Now, praise God, that foundation will never crack. It'll never go bad. Amen? But, <laughs> but, <laughs> call that the divine conjunction, but, how we choose to build upon is up to us. So the foundation's good. Nothing wrong with the foundation. Always gonna, when, it, when it's Jesus Christ, it's going to be a good foundation. By the way, a lot of people trying to live the Christian life without Christ as the foundation. And you know what they're building their life on? Sinking sand. And it just doesn't work. It's gonna, and great was the fall of it, Matthew 7, 27 says. So uh, you have a blank line there. How we choose to build upon is up to us. Cross-reference there is 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. So we, learned, we looked at verse 11 already, but let's go back and look at verse 10. Read down uh, a little bit through this chapter. Because the foundation is good. If you've trusted Christ, you've got Christ as your foundation, but now it's up to you how you build. And the Bible says in verse 10, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. But then he tells us there's really two kind of builders. There's, certain, there's people that use these materials, and there's people that use these materials. Verse 12, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. How many of you remember when you were a kid the story of the three pigs? Three little pigs, amen? The house made of straw, the house made of wood, and then the house made of bricks, amen? Here, Paul says, listen, we all got a good foundation, but it's up to us what we use to build upon from here. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by what, church? Fire. This is the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is only for Christians. It's not for lost people. It's for people who had a good foundation. Listen to me. When you stand before God, you, you that have trusted Christ as your Savior, when you stand before God, you do not have to worry about standing for, before God for one sin. You know why? The wages of sin is death. If you did, we're all in trouble. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sin. That, that's already been settled. You know what you're going to be judged for? How you built. That's what you're going to be judged for at the judgment seat of Christ. How you built upon that foundation that was laid. Why you did what you did. Did you do it because you love the Lord? Or did you do it because you love the praise of men? If you do it because you love the Lord, that's gold, silver, precious stones. If you did it for the praise of men, that's wood, hay, stubble, burned up, you already got your reward. Verse 14, if any man's work abide, or it says there, it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Gold only gets better when you put fire to it. 
Silver only gets better when you put fire to it. Precious stones only get brighter when you put fire to it. Wood, hay, and stubble, ashes, burned up. If a man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Here's the important part to remember at the judgment seat of Christ. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, and he shall go to hell. Is that what your Bible says? No, because nobody at the judgment seat of Christ is going to hell. Nobody. The great white throne judgment, that's different. That's later. And everybody at that judgment goes to the lake of fire. But it says here, if any man's work shall be burned, if he did it for the wrong motive, if he was carnal, but he still had a good foundation, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be what? Yet so as by fire. Our friend Pastor Adam Summers over at Faith Baptist Church in Chelsea in the last 10 years has had two house fires. Two. One, one was a varmint. The first one was a varmint uh, chewing on a wire. And, and the second one was a, a design flaw in the chimney area and just it was unbelievable. But twice he's had to be outside of his house, Brother Hauser, with the house on fire. That is the illustration of the, the carnal Christian who trusted Christ, but listen, didn't build his house correctly. The illustration is, he's going to be safe. Thank God he's safe. I remember Brother Summer saying, look, all my children are here. I'm, I'm safe. You know, who cares about suits and all that other stuff? Amen. But I'll tell you what, when you're standing in an ash heap with nothing to give to Jesus, you'll regret not living for Christ. That's the illustration here. So take heed how you build. So, this idea, the foundation of faith of Christ is laid when we believe or trust Christ as our Savior. So at that very moment, okay, several bullet points here, and I'll just, uh, I think we have the scriptures. We'll not turn to each one, but you can, uh, even as you go home tonight, you can look at these. At the very moment when that foundation is laid, okay, we are what's called born again. And you want the reference there, you can write it down. That's John 3, 7. We're born of the Spirit. That, that moment when you trust Christ, however, again, however old you are, uh, doesn't matter, amen, as long as you understand you're a sinner, you understand you owe the payment for sin, you turn to Christ, there'll be sorrow involved, amen, and uh, uh, absolutely, you're born again. We repent, we turn to Christ. Then, and again, we don't know some of these things take place, but again, the Scriptures illuminate them to us. At that moment, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ. You just became a child of the King at that very moment and have access to untold spiritual riches. Amen? I love this next one. And that's Ephesians 1.3 uh, on that, that reference there. So first bullet point should be born again. John 3, 7. Second one, blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ. Ephesians 1, 3. I love this one. You are accepted in the beloved. And that's Ephesians 1, 6. That means that you are accepted, Brother Apple, because the foundation was laid, but you are accepted because of what Christ did. 
not because of what you do. If it was up to us, oh my goodness, I like what Spurgeon said, if, men of, if, if a child of God could fall away, my soul would be lost 10,000 times a day. Amen. I saw one of those little videos recently, the, I think they call them reels, and, and it absolutely summed it up. And it, it showed this, this shepherd, uh, uh, Brother Talbert, and he took this sheep and it was stuck in a culvert. And he, and he got in there and it's all muddy and awful and nasty. And he got in there and he, and he helped this big sheep, amen, and pulled it out of the culvert. And that sheep went like this. It literally went, boom, right back in the culvert. And, it, and I think the person had wrote, me when I depend on my good works to please God. Yeah, that's about it. Amen? We're not accepted because of our, our, our righteousness, because all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, Isaiah 64, 6 says. But here's what we're accepted. We're accepted in the beloved, the beloved Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Shed his blood for us so that we could be accepted, so that God could be satisfied, propitiated. Amen? Oh. We're accepted in the beloved. This is uh, the next one. So that's Ephesians 1.6. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.3, or 13. Ephesians 1.13. So it should be John 3.7, Ephesians 1.3, Ephesians 1.6, Ephesians 1.13. And then the next one, I love, I want, I want us to turn to this verse, amen. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. That's the blank, the blank line there, 2 Timothy 1, 12. So the moment that we trust Christ, we're born again, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ, we're accepted in the Beloved, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, we're secure in Christ. Those verses in Romans there are my wife's favorite verses. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. But I want you to look at 2 Timothy 1.12. What a verse this is. We have a song in our hymnal that we <clears throat> sing from this verse. It says, For the which cause I suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So you know what that means? The moment you trust Christ, you're secure in Christ. That's the foundation. It's not going to crack. It's not going to bow. It's not going to leak. It is safe. And so are you. When you trust Christ. I'm talking when you truly trust Christ. As my friend Phil Tharp used to say, when you mean business with God, he means business with you. We all know somebody that, that just kind of went through the motions, didn't mean any business. If you, you mean business with God, he means business with you. That moment you trust Christ, you're secure in Christ. And then what we are in these next verses here, and the blank line is you can just write down 20 because uh, that's uh, Jude 20. And that is we are spiritual builders. We are spiritual builders. Acts 20, 32 tells us that we're to be building up ourselves on our most holy faith. Romans 10, 17 tells us how to do it. Faith, so you say, I don't know how to build my faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Build your faith. Get in this book. 
Every day in this book. Every day in this book. Listen, Sunday school. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Get around the the preaching and teaching of this book. Your faith will grow. And then, of course, 2 Peter 1, verse 5 through 7 talks about adding to your faith virtue. These are character traits that come from uh, increasing our faith. That we're, listen, we're spiritual builders. This is the, the first admonition to the beloved is building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Great quote here from uh, Max Coder. This is an excellent little book on Jude, by the way. <clears throat> he says, We bear the responsibility for self-development, for growth in Christian character, for the rearing of the structure that will glorify Christ in everything. This is a lifelong task. That means we're, again, Brother Hurth, you're a builder. You're a builder. When you finish a task, forgive me, and I hate, I, I, I hesitate to use the word pride, but I think you all know what I mean. When you've done a, a job, you ought to be proud of that job. You've done your best. You, you've used the skills that God has given you, and, and you take pictures and you, you know, show it on the website for hearth construction and all that. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen. One day, Jesus Christ is going to inspect our building at the judgment seat of Christ. Well, wouldn't it be wonderful, Brother Jim, to say, hey, I, I built this room for you, Lord Jesus. This was my prayer closet. This was a, this was a place I know you know. We, we spent a lot of time together in this, this closet, but I, I always set that aside for you. And I had this one over here. This was our parlor. This, this is where we, we uh, entered into hospitality. To try to be a blessing to other believers and, and going on to just to be able to show the Lord what you've done instead of saying, Well, I didn't really build very much for you. Remember the, the story that about, about the talents, the one with five and the one with two and the one with one? I always think of that, that how foolish that last one was that had one. Remember, he buried it in the earth. He's buried in the earth. And then when it came time to give account to his Lord, he, he took it all out with dirt all over it and stuff and said, well, you know, here you go. You can have it now. Well, it's too late. It's too late. Listen, now's the time to build your spiritual life. Now. I hope you spent some time in the Word of God today. If you didn't, when you get home, have a bite to eat, have a cup of coffee or whatever, Spend some time in God's Word. Why? Because if you're going to, listen, if you're going to truly do battle against apostasy, you, you, one hand you got the sword, you're going to need to have this sword in the other hand and build up your most holy faith. Father, thank you for...